National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard Lundberg. Bedfordshire, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire, Cheshire, Cornwall, Cumbria, Devon, Dorset, Herefordshire, the NCCA podcast, Hertfordshire, Lincolnshire, Norfolk, Northumberland, Oxfordshire, Shropshire, Staffordshire, Suffolk, Wales National Counties, Wiltshire. We've got National Counties Cricket covered. Okay, so uh, back on the NCCA pod, Laura and Logie. Mr. Logan, uh, you've been on your travels and we caught up this week, didn't we? We did indeed. I promised I'd buy, uh, well, not buy your coffee, uh, get your coffee. And uh, I, I did. It took me a little time, didn't it? But uh, yeah, It was cold by the time it came, but the thought was there. <laughs> it was probably good it was cold, because when the sun came out, it was, it was roasting still. But um, no, it was good. I got to see some cricket at Banbury uh, and then went to Bishop Stortford as well. Um, where Beds and Hearts were playing. So, yeah, it was good to, again, see a little bit more cricket. Um, I'll be on my travels again this weekend or, or Monday and Tuesday for sure. So, yeah, it's good to get out and see some cricket. And I was very impressed with what I saw. Um, yeah. And, and the weather was, was was okay. We sort of ducked and dived in a few of the games, didn't we? But uh, pretty much got away with it. Yeah, I, I, I certainly did. I, I missed it everywhere I went. So, it was good that I wasn't sat watching the rainfall. But I think... There were a few games that had a little bit here and there um, that affected it. But I think on the whole, um, we got away with it. And there was certainly a lot of cricket played. Um, we got a lot of stuff to go through, a lot of runs, a lot of wickets. Um, no, so all good and fingers crossed. We get another three days of good weather um, this coming weekend. And t- time's flying, isn't it? Because you know, for some of the sides, that's, uh, that's half the game's gone already in the three-day championship. Yeah, it is. Um, and I... I think we spoke about this last week. I think it's um, you, you, you're seeing a slightly more conservative approach by some of the teams because every point is so is so critical with these four games. Uh, and like you say, the season just seems to be flying by, um, and we're already into the sort of second half of the season for some of the teams in the championship. And before we know it, we're going to be at the semi-finals, and then before we know it, it'll be the end of the season. And we, we, I think if you've if you've been involved in cricket, you know as soon as March and April come around, then September's literally just around the corner. Uh, it always seems to be like that. But um, yeah, I want to make the most of it, um, and it's just great that we're getting we're getting some cricket in this year, having. Uh, having been through what happened last year, but um, yeah, we, we've still got a lot of lot of cricket to play. Having said that, absolutely. And uh, just to kind of reiterate the point that you've you made uh, you make most weeks really about uh, the, the pathway piece. I don't know if you saw Jim Morris's tweet about uh, three London Cup ties. I think it was uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday this week. Um, Twenty three out of sixty six players have played in the NCCA competition, and seven umpires and referees have participated as well. Yeah, which is brilliant, isn't it? And we do, I suppose we bang on about it a bit, uh, a lot. But at the end of the day, it's one of the things that we're putting a lot of focus on. And, it, and it's great to see a lot of our players going on. Uh, uh, and that's really what we're here for. We're here to play a competitive um, competition or three competitions, um, competitive cricket throughout the whole season and, and prepare people to go up and, and succeed at first class cricket. So it's great to see that. And, and Jim, big shout out to him because he does a huge amount of uh, work on social media for us, pushing out these um, the players and making people aware of actually the, the players that are playing now have come through come through our system. So yeah, big shout out to Jim. Absolutely, and uh, he's obviously doing okay because I saw that he's just won some beer award. So he's obviously sampling some local ales in his uh, <laughs> in his semi retirement. <laughs> well, it's all right for some, isn't it? It's all right for some. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what we got lined up now then, Rich? 
So we'll go through all the Champo games, um, go through all the scores uh, and the and the top performers as we normally do. Uh, we can look at the MVP. Uh, that's taking shape nicely, and I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks because I think that will um, that will really start making an impact when people have played two or three games. Um, so we've got all that to cover, uh, and then we can look at the the tables. Um, and again, they're sort of taking shape after a couple of games as well. Um, and look at how you got on with your picks. Although mm. I'm a little bit, little bit nervous to go down that road again. <laughs> uh, obviously, do mine for next week, um, and then I think we're about there, mate. Sounds good. Okay. NCCA reviews and previews. Law and Logan on the NCCA pod. Okay. Uh, Shall we go due east then to start with? Yes. Perfect. Let's start in the East Region Division 1, where uh, Norfolk were hosting Suffolk at Manor Park, uh, which is actually where I'm going to go on Monday. So I'm looking forward to that. I haven't been to Manor Park, be- Manor Park before, so looking forward to that. Um, so Suffolk batted first in that match, uh, and they were bowled out for 269. Um, they uh, they didn't make a great start. They were 148 for seven, but Josh Cantrell um, got 71 down the order, managed to get him up to a, a relatively competitive total of that 269. Um, three wickets apiece for Brett Stolworthy, Ryan Finlay, and the inform Andy Hamby, who I think must be must be at the top of the the, the wickets table or certainly close to it because he's taken wickets throughout the whole season in both the 50 over format and the championship. So he's obviously doing well. Um, Norfolk in reply made a good start they were 119 for one uh, Ben Wilcox had got 57 then uh, Josh came back in Josh Cantrell and got four for 21 and Norfolk were 132 for six in reply when unfortunately one of the players uh, tested positive in the morning um, so with the guidance that we've got and the COVID protocols that we have put in place that game had to be abandoned Um Obviously, with close contacts and other things uh, that would have happened over the over the day's play, even with social distancing, we, we knew that there'd be a risk of that. So, unfortunately, that game got abandoned. Uh, and to give people a bit of an insight in the way that works from a points perspective is we it basically we, we take it as if it started raining on the second morning and it didn't stop. So. Uh, they all get their they get their bonus points from that first innings uh, and then the points for a draw. So yeah, unfortunately, we've managed to dodge it pretty well. Um, and again, a big shout out to all the the host clubs and the counties for all the work they've done on that because it has been at times a huge amount. So yeah, a big thanks to everyone for the efforts they've put in. And unfortunately, we couldn't we couldn't uh, and it certainly wasn't to the the, the fault of uh, Norfolk or Suffolk. It's just one of those things. And I think the world we're living. So um, unfortunately, that game was abandoned. But uh, still some really good performances. Obviously, uh, Josh, a bit of a standout there with his 71 and 4 for 21. So a good day's work for him. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, that's how that game yeah. finished. And that's, that's tough, isn't it? Because uh, there's obviously travelling involved, there's overnights involved, there's catering involved and everything else. But as you say, um, you know, nothing you can do about it. No, uh, it is. And, and it's just, uh, again, hats off to the way that Norfolk and Suffolk dealt with it. Mm. Um I spoke to the captain and the chairman of uh, of Norfolk, and they they dealt with it brilliantly. As did Suffolk. Obviously, really disappointing, but um, no, it was it was dealt with superbly. So uh, there we go. On to the next week or the next game, certainly, uh, which was up at West Bromwich Dartmouth, back in sort of my neck of the woods. Um, and staffs 
uh, hosted Lincolnshire. Um, staff spotted first and made a, a really impressive 388 off their 90 overs. Um, thanks in large to Alex Mellor's 140. And and again, we're talking about informed people this year. Zen Malik got 96. He's, he's, he scored consistent, pretty consistently all the way throughout the year. Um, and Jordan Cook took three wickets for Lynx. Uh, Lynx in reply were then bowled out for 144. Um, uh, but maybe surprisingly and probably a decision that they rude staffs didn't uh, decide to enforce the follow-on um they batted again uh, and looked to get some quick runs by the looks of it uh got 229 for six in their 46 overs that they batted uh liam banks got 61 and again zen malik added to his 96 with another 54 uh, and dan freeman took four wickets in that innings um but i think there, i believe there was a bit a little bit of rain around so staffs setting links Best part of 470 odd to win. Um, with the rain, Lynx finished on 99 for one off 40 overs, and the game petered out into a bit of a draw. So, might have been a different story if they enforce a follow on. I know there's been a number of debates at various different levels of cricket with about following on and not following on. So, no doubt everyone will have their opinion on that. I obviously wasn't there, so don't know the decision. So, I'm not going to give my opinion, <laughs> but I just know that maybe staffs have looked back and gone maybe we should have but mm. uh, you, you don't know the situation so um but again yeah like i said zen malik has got runs um throughout the season and he added another 150 to his tally for this year uh, and alex Mello 140 so looks good staff's looking a good good place certainly in the runs department anyway and, and their first game of course wasn't it yep yep so a really a really impressive start for them um We've got a table in the East Division 1. looks like uh, Norfolk and Suffolk, even after their game was abandoned, both got 30 points, sitting at the top of the league. Uh, Lynx have got 12, uh, Staffs have got 12, and Cams have got four. Uh, Staffs and Cams have only played one, though, so um, they've got time to catch up on that. Um, and then looking at the week ahead in that, in that uh, East Region Division 1, Cam's host links at March Cricket Club, another one that I'm going to go to this week, uh, and Norfolk host staffs at Manor Park. Uh, so it's Suffolk for their week off, so they can yes. put their feet up. I'm envious of you going to uh, to Manor Park. I've always wanted to to get there. So I will do one, one day. But Norfolk staffs at Manor Park, Cambridge links. Yeah, yeah, down the road. You'll be on your on your travels. Indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going there. Yeah, I've been. Um, I was I had plans to go there last year, but obviously we didn't we didn't play any cricket. But um, it's uh, yeah, I've heard very good things about that, so mm. I'm looking forward to going. And I'm no doubt I'll have to face all the Norfolk lads who, who took motivation <laughs> out of me, uh, saying that their opposition was going to win. I can't remember who they were playing against actually, but uh, they certainly. Yeah, let's not talk about my predictions anyway. That's, that's, <laughs> no, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very dark rabbit hole. But there we go. <laughs> Okay, uh, should we should we stay in the East End and uh, have a look at uh, Eastern Division Two? Yes, Division Two. So uh, at Carlisle, Cumbria hosted Northumberland, who have had a bit of a tough year so far. Uh, so they're looking to turn things around. Um, they batted first and got uh, they were bowled out for two hundred and forty-two. Um, top scorer Alistair Appleby with sixty-five. Um, Matt Sedell and Nico Watt both took three for um, Matt Sedell three for 57 and Nico Watt three for 35 um, Cumbria in reply were bowled out for 172 uh, Ollie McGee um, 
bowled six, bowled 24 over six for 49, so a great return for him. Uh, and Alasdair Appleby, three for 30. So he was involved in both innings there. Northumberland batted in their second innings and were 193 all out. Surprise, surprise. Top scorer. Uh, Alasdair Appleby <laughs> on 44. Um, and Matt Siddell added to his three for... Uh, he got five for 50 off 27 overs and ended up with match figures of eight for 107. So great performance by him. Um, Cumbria were needed in the region of 260 to win, um, but it was just too many. So Northumberland turned their fortunes of the season around with a really good victory. Bowled Cumbria out for 165 and won by 98 runs. Um, Oliver McGee uh, added to his six with another four for uh, finished with match figures of 10 for 121 and won't be any surprise that Alistair <laughs> Appleby got 4 for 33 uh, in support of that off his 20 overs so he's finished with 109 runs and 7 wickets in the match so a really great all-round performance um, from him uh, and it's good to see Northumberland on the the winning trail. Yeah, yeah. As you said, they had a, a, a tough start to the year haven't they and, and uh, you know, conversely um, Cumbria haven't no, exactly. They've done. Uh, they've obviously had a really good run and continue to have a good run in the in the one days, but uh, that doesn't uh, always translate to the longer format. Uh, and I know we've spoken to the couple of the lads that we've had on interviewing with the transition from red to white ball uh, or white ball to red ball, should I say, uh, and maybe back to white ball. So yeah, it's um, maybe Cumbria just trying to still trying to find their feet a little bit. Um, albeit they've only played one game, so um, they've still got time to come back into it. Okay, and the other game in Eastern 2? Yeah, this is the other one that I spend a bit of time at, uh, at Bishop Storford, where Hertfordshire were hosting Beds. And um, Beds batted first, uh, got 307, uh, but it certainly didn't look like that at one stage. They had 139 for eight. So they were they were struggling a little bit, but the, 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 the lower order certainly wagged. I wouldn't say tailenders for by any stretch of the imagination, but the, certainly the lower order... the did their job. Uh, George Darlow got 88 and Jack Fuller 53 uh, and managed to get them up to that total of over 300. Um, Ishan Kelly got three for 51 uh, and a very impressive Zaman Akhtar got five for 76. Um, I didn't see him on the first day, but saw him on the uh, second day evening. And yeah, he uh, he, bowled, he he was very impressive, bowled very well. Um Hearts then batted. Uh, they got bowled out for 246. Uh, Tom Brett leading the way with three for 83 after his uh, good good week uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then Beds batted and got 173 all out. Uh, again, Zaman Akhtar got three for 55 and all those three wickets were actually on the evening when I was sat there watching. So he kind of ripped through the top order uh, late in the day. Bowled with some serious pace uh he was supported with ben Waring, who returned figures of four for 30 off 28 overs so that's a that looks like it's a a great spell um and matt matt taylor the wicketkeeper uh with 60 got 64 not out to sort of hold that innings together um hearts were set 235 to win um and matt coles i think did some early damage uh he uh, he took three for 42, um, and Dom Chatfield kind of steadied the ship with 64 not out and made sure that uh, Hearts got through and kind of batted out the game. And again, that finished in a draw. 
Rich, just before you, you get to the tables, um, we, we seem to see this quite often whereby you have people at the lower lower order uh, who score runs and that's often because they bat sort of, you know, in the top four at their, at their club level. Yeah, and I suppose that's great for the teams, isn't it? Because you get strength in depth all the way through, mm. which means you're never getting a, a, a tail, I'll say tail, but the, the lower order um, sort of capitulating. Actually, they do the opposite, like you've just said, a lot of the time and actually really dig in and have to take the opportunity because like you say they're probably about higher up for their club team so they've got their, ex- their experience probably got the pressure on them to get runs on the saturday and um, so they can come in and do that so it's it's really great for the standard of cricket that you've got to work for every single one of those 10 wickets um and you don't say that in many many standards of cricket i suppose you didn't you you, you tend to do have the inadvertent commas tail enders but it doesn't seem to be the case in the national council yeah. okay uh, how's the table looking Tables looking. Hearts are at the top with 30 points. Uh, Northumberland after their win at 26 points. Um, Beds on 19. Buckinghamshire on 10 and Cumbria on 4. But the, the, the bottom two teams have only played one. So, uh, like I've said before, they've got a chance to, to come back and get some points on the board uh, this weekend. Uh, and the games this weekend at Flittick, uh, Bedfordshire are hosting Cumbria and Buckinghamshire after their week off, I hope, uh, are nice and fresh and they're hosting hearts at tring park tring park in northamptonshire where i think northamptonshire used to play many years ago didn't they right well i'm actually going up there on uh monday on the way up to norfolk because i'm going to chat to the guys we're hosting the the three-day final there actually so Mm. i'm going to go and chat to the chaps there we've had a lot of conversations because we're going to be doing the t20 uh, the competition finals there uh, and we've been talking to them for over 18, well, the whole 18 months I've been been around, really. So I'm looking forward to seeing the guys and hopefully uh, put some plans in place for the 5th of September when the, when our championship final starts. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be popping in there on my way up to um, Manor Park. Well, well, let me know if it's in Northamptonshire and Buckinghamshire. And I apologise if it's in Buckinghamshire, but I know certainly that um, that Northamptonshire played there in the 70s. It's a bit like Bournemouth, isn't it, where uh, which is in, uh, in Dorset these days. And, of course, Hampshire played there for many years. Yeah, that's right, Dean Park. Yeah. yeah. OK, so that's, uh, that's how we look <coughs> on the eastern side of the country. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast. The National Counties Cricket Association began life in 1895 and apart from the two world war periods and the Covid pandemic in 2021, there have been championship matches contested ever since. Four of the original clubs who competed, Worcestershire, Northamptonshire, Glamorgan and Durham, have since been granted first-class status. Until 1959, when the Second Eleven Championship was founded, most Second Elevens of the first-class counties also competed. The last to withdraw was Somerset in 1987. Since 1983, the clubs have been split into an Eastern and a Western division, with the winners playing each other at the end of the season to determine the overall champion. We've got National Counties cricket covered. OK, uh, Rich, so uh, Western Division time. Uh, do you want to start with Division 1? Yes, and in uh, Div 1, Dorset uh, hosted Wilts at Wimborne, uh, which is, I know that uh, I know Nick went down there to, to watch the game. Not If you've not been there before, not the easiest place to find. <laughs> uh, and I think I think Nick found that. But, um, yeah, I, I've been down there quite a lot. It's a really, really nice, relatively new ground. Um Wilts batted first in that game uh, and were 194 for nine when they declared. Um, Ed Young, their skipper, got 53 and William Wade got 51. And 
another person that's been informed we've already spoken about a bit on this uh, podcast more for his celebrations than anything um, but Rob Packball, 23 over, 6 for 38. So he had a great first innings there. His left arm spin. Um, Dorset then batted and were bowled out for 172 to give Wiltshire a little bit of a first innings lead. Uh, Ollie Soames uh, top scored with 55. And Tahir Afridi uh, took 3 for 42 off 20 overs. Uh, he's always got three overs pretty well. <laughs> Fit as a butcher's dog. Uh, and Joseph King... Um, or about 24 overs, four for 50. Um, so, yeah, it's decent performances by those two guys there. Wilts in their second innings uh, were bowled out for 119. Um, and that was down to three guys in particular. Ben Fletcher, who had a, had a good week a couple of weeks ago, he got three for 19. Simon Woodruff got three for 18. And then Robert Pack uh, added to his first innings tally with another three wickets. He ended up with match figures for of uh, 9 for 82, so great performance by him. And Dorset chased them down, ended up 145 for two, uh, largely thanks to Ollie Soames, he's 91, uh, and came away. Victor's really, relatively comfortable mm. victory um, by eight wickets. It so, looked, yeah, good, good win for Dorset. Yeah, I, I saw a bit of that. Uh, saw some of the highlights, obviously keeping a close eye on that uh, at the, um, up, up at Banbury. Uh, it, looked, um, it looked quite windy there and uh, a bit of rain around, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, there has, it gets a little bit uh, bit windy on the south coast. We do get a lot of the sun, but yeah, when it comes in, it's... Uh, it helps blow the blow the rain through, I suppose. If you're looking at the positives, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, talking to Banbury, yeah, indeed. So you had a Cheshire had a really good game, um, <clears throat> and I, like we said earlier, I came and was a coffee boy for the morning. Yeah, uh, albeit probably would have got sacked if that was my job. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, lovely ground, Banbury. Um, lovely setting. Did it really well. Um, it was all set up great. The catering was amazing. Uh, I know that you said that to me, and I was only there for one part of it. But uh, you said they did a really great job of hosting that fixture. Um, and uh, yeah, Oxfordshire batted first and got a really, really decent total, 329 in their first innings. Gareth Andrew top scored with 73, uh, and George Tate supported him with uh, with a half century. He got 50. Uh, and for for Cheshire, Chris Sanders and Dave Wainwright both chipped in with three wickets each. Cheshire then went past Oxford um, with 354 for eight declared. Um, Callum Rowe, 75, and Rob Semi, 65. But top scoring off just 97 balls, uh, Will Evans got 112. Um, George Tate added to his 50 with a with a four for 130. So it looks like he might have been on the on the the, the brunt of Will Evans's. Uh, attack towards the late latter part of that innings. Am I right there? You, you certainly are, yeah. It was fireworks, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's a, that's a cracking innings. It's, uh, you've got you've always got the opportunity and the potential to do that, haven't you, when you've got the 90 overs. Uh, I remember when, when you played, you, you'd want to try and get to the 70 over mark with, with wickets in hand. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, I suppose, when you've got 70 overs to bat. But if you can get there with, with wickets in hand, you can really... You can really make a, a big dent in that last 20, 20 overs, 15, 20 overs of that, um, that game. So, yeah. obviously, 
it looks like that happened. It was it was something like seventy two, I think, off the last five overs, um, with with the push starting from from far out, really. Um, and, and T came straight afterwards, and and everybody was just sat around, sort of shell shocked, really, by it. Um, <laughs> you know, seventy two off uh, off five overs. The push really for that extra bonus point that made a big difference, uh, um, which was four short of. Um, Four short of Oxfordshire's first inning score. Uh, and then, of course, they took off and ended up with a 25-run lead. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, people talk about it all the time. It's, it's the momentum as well. If you've, if you've just conceded 75 off five overs, or, mm. or if you've scored 75 probably uh, is a better way of putting it, then you're going to go into the go into fielding with a lot more momentum, a lot more sort of uh, positive attitude than if you sort of, sort of scraped around for the back end of innings and maybe lost three quick wickets. So, um yeah, that's, that's certainly uh, certainly well set up. And, and when Oxford went into their second innings, they uh, they were bowled out for two hundred and thirty-seven. So certainly they didn't they, they certainly didn't fold. But nope. um, Tom Costa got ninety-six, um, and Dave Wainwright uh, added to his three inning three wick uh, three first innings wickets with another four for uh, four for seventy-five for him. He ended up with seven wickets in the match, um, and then it looked relatively comfortable in the end uh cheshire uh won by eight wickets with sam perry and rob semi doing the doing the damage 76 and 80 uh respectively to to get cheshire home it turned i think on that third morning really when uh cheshire got to rolled uh, oxfordshire out in the end for a, a fairly quickly maybe that first hour or so uh and then um could, could set about the task um we did catch up as well afterwards rich with uh, with the cheshire skip to skipper even rob semi okay, so uh, rob semi a very satisfactory eight wicket win in the end yeah absolutely um coming in with a a side who are fairly fresh a lot of young guys in extremely satisfactory amazing to see a lot of people stand up, especially Will Evans in that first innings. Absolutely unbelievable to to, uh, to watch. To be honest with you, and Rowey bringing his uh, bringing his um, cool, uh, calm, collected head, helping uh, helping set that platform for for the boys to go. Um, absolutely, couldn't be couldn't be more pleased for the lads. And in the end, it was eight wickets, but uh, it felt a lot closer than that during the uh, the three days. Yeah, no. All credit to the Oxford lads. They were they were absolutely fantastic. They played the game in the right way. They they played it hard. They played it fair. Um, they were a really good outfit and and really 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 good to um, really really impressed with them. But also extremely pleasing for us on our side to to get a, a win against a, a seriously good team there. And it looked a couple of times, uh, I think in the first innings, when uh, Oxfordshire were 166 for six, that you perhaps uh, let them go a little bit. And then the same thing happened in the second innings. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, it's just one of those ones that happens in three-day cricket, isn't it? You, you play for a long time, boys get stiff, boys get tired, you you waver a bit and you float through, which is something that we need to work on as a team. Uh, we know that we bowled a lot of four balls that we should have cut out and weren't as, as disciplined as we wanted to be, but definitely something to work on. And, and we all know that coming into the dressing room. And yeah, absolutely. And it looked like the turning point was perhaps when chasing that first innings total, uh, Will really kind of ramped things up a little bit. Yeah, Will was exceptional, but no, uh, it wasn't just Will. It was the boys up top, um, Pezza and, and Rowie and, and a few other guys, Wainers as well, coming in and, and batting superbly to set that platform up for him. But no, uh, no credit taken away from Will there. He was absolutely superb and amazing to see, uh, amazing to see him him do that again for Cheshire. As as we know, he's he's been a bit lean on the one day stuff but fantastic to see him and do it in the three day stuff it was awesome to watch and you've left out the fact that uh, certain Rob Semi got some runs in both innings as well <laughs> yeah it's uh, nice for me that coming in um, 
very uh, very nervous my first game I must admit so it was nice to sort of settle those nerves this week and and with no with a lot of help from Danny Leach a lot of help um, away from it Leachy and I are very close he spoke to me took me took me aside one day put his arm around me and said everything's going to be all right and you just keep going and just to enjoy it really and that's what I tried to do a lot uh, this week and I think that's what's contributed to a little bit of my success this week which is ideal and uh, we should mention another one of your club men which is uh, Ben Gibbon of course who uh, I thought bowled exceptionally well a long spell on the third day as well yeah, fantastic, Gibbo, fantastic. It it helps when you've got a guy like him who will he'll run through a wall for you. He is he is absolutely fantastic and great to great to see a, very, a fellow clubman, um, well my club, coming through and performing as well. We've had a lot of texts from the lads saying absolutely fantastic stuff. So yeah, very pleasing for Ben because we know how much time he's put in. We know the hard work that he's put into it, and now he's uh, he's getting the chocolates. So that's uh, yeah, very pleasing from all from all sides. So look, we know we know there's a long way to go, but uh, 32 points at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, extremely pleasing, extremely pleasing. But as I keep saying to the lads, how do you eat an elephant? You take it chunk by chunk. So we uh, we're not going to look too far ahead. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of cricket to play in the next uh, next three weeks, really. So yeah, absolutely, we go chunk by chunk, and we just keep we keep going through that. Okay, okay, Hannibal, well uh, well done again. <laughs> Congratulations, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, Jim. Thank you very much, mate. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. Okay, so uh, that was at Banbury, uh, Western Division 1. What's the, the table looking like, Rich? Well, you guys and Dorset are sitting pretty at the top with 32 points each. Um, Berkshire and Wilts have 12 points below you and Oxford uh, with seven. Again, we've got Berkshire and Oxford there have only played one game. Um, this coming weekend, Berkshire are hosting Dorset at Finch Hampstead and Wilts are hosting Oxford at South Wilts. So it's your week off. A week, well, two weeks off because it's... Uh, two weeks off, it's yeah, okay. of course. Has this, this happened before? Because uh, it's two weeks off for, for, for Cheshire and then and then two weeks on. And obviously, uh, I know, for example, Oxfordshire are playing this week at, uh, at Wiltshire. Uh, so two three-day games, two weeks running. Um, it's, it's certainly not happened in the last few years, that's for sure. No, it'd be interesting to see how the guys go mm. on with that because, um, albeit a lot of cricket, I know you've got quite a few days. I'm sure everybody will be playing on the Saturday. But... Um, I think it, I think we'll probably see some pretty decent performances. I know it's always nice when you've had a few uh, a week or a few days off and you come back in fresh. But also, if you've got momentum and you're playing well and you've got some form, you just want to carry on playing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of affects the games this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we have a look at Western Division Two? Yeah. Uh, first game here is Devon versus Wales. Um, played at Sanford. Uh, which I think Nick made his way down there as well and said that is a beautiful ground. Um, Wales batted first. Uh, they were 229 all out. Um, Connor Brown uh, got 60 and Cameron Herring uh, 54. Now, you have to forgive me with my pronunciations, but <laughs> Kaz Seismansky. Uh, yeah, that um, for me. Yeah, so uh, I apologise if that's wrong. But uh, yeah, he obviously bowled very well. Five for 26 um, in that innings. Devon came back in there. First innings was 205, so just a few short of Wales. Um, Matthew Golding top scored with 59. Uh, Sam Pierce led the way with the ball, 5 for, five for 68, uh, supported by Kieran Bull, uh, who got 4 for 63. 
Wales then batted uh, and surpassed their first innings total. They ended up with 261 for nine. Um, thanks very much to another form player, somebody we talked about a little bit through the 50 over stuff, Oscar Kolk, um, who consistently scored runs in the 50 over stuff. He, uh, he scored 134, uh, one of the top scores of the week, I think, other than Alex Meller. Um, and uh, we'll call him Kaz. Uh, Kaz got three for 50 in the second innings as well. Um, so ended up with uh, eight for 76 in the match, which is another great performance from a bowler. Uh, and Callum Haggett supported him with three for 24 in that innings. Um, again, unfortunately, another one, I think there might have been a little bit of rain around. Um, Devon ended up in their second innings, 82 for two. And that game finished in a draw. Then the final one is at Schiffnall, Shropshire out for the first time against uh, Herefordshire. Um, Herefordshire batted first and posted a really competitive total of 347 uh, thanks to Ben Chapman Lilly who got 125 there were wickets for Sam Ellis and Graham Wagg who both got three for um, and then in the Shropshire first innings um, James Rudge took four for 35 and restricted Shropshire to 149 uh, they then uh, as opposed to, to their Midlands counterparts, they actually enforced the follow-on. Um, so made Shropshire bat again, and they made a much better fist of it. Ended up on 307. Um, Graham Wagg got 65, and Simon Gregory 53. Um, James Ridge got another three for uh, three for 39, and Matt Pardo um, ended up with figures of four for 50 off 30 overs. So um, he did a, a good job there. Um, that left Herefordshire just over 100 to get uh, for victory, uh, and they did that pretty easily. Uh, Nick Hammond, 44 not out, and Connor Smith, 30 not out, took them home um, with a fairly fairly uh, easy w- victory. So they ended up winning by seven wickets. So how does that look uh, table-wise? Well, with two from two, Herefordshire way out in front on 47 points. Obviously, they beat Devon in their first game. Uh, Wales are on 20 points, Devon 14, Cornwall on eight and Shropshire on four. And again, the two teams that have only played one game are sitting at the bottom. So it'll be interesting to see how that looks after week two, which is probably a little bit more of a fair reflection. Uh, Herefordshire, after their two wins, are having a week off. Um, and Cornwall will host Devon at Truro and Wales will play Shropshire at Abergavenny. So... <laughs> Love Abergavenny. Played quite oh, fantastic there. ground. Yeah, Absolutely. really good ground. So, yeah, I do enjoy it there. Fine so, true. yeah, true lots lovely. of cricket, lots of cricket going on, lots of runs, lots of wickets. So, yeah, that's what happened this weekend. There you have it. Uh, Eastern and Western. The NCCA Most Valuable Player here on the pod. Okay, our Most Valuable Player time then, uh, Richard. Uh, how is it looking? Lots to choose from and work out. Your algorithms have been um, smoking, I would guess. Yes, algorithms, formulas, uh, computer, laptop, my brain frying. But um, no, we got there. There was a lot of a lot of good performances, and it's interesting to see how different the the championship stuff is to the one days. Obviously, to point out the, the the obvious that we have two innings in this, but it's also the people that are coming out at the top are the ones that are consistently performing through the game. Uh, we've had people scoring a hundred in one innings that don't really then uh, get into the the top the top pair uh, three or four performers but we've got guys that are just chipping away throughout the whole game 
uh, and getting there. So yeah, it's it's a slightly, it's it's looking slightly different in the championship, but uh, equally as exciting. So the top four performers from this week: um, Ollie Soames from Dorset. Um, again, fifty in one innings, ninety in another. He ended up on fifteen points. Ollie McGee. Again, wickets in both innings for Northumberland. He's on 16 points, as is Alex Meller with his 140 from Staffs. But unsurprisingly, uh, seeing as I'm wearing his name out, as they say, Alistair uh, Appleby for Northumberland with his wickets runs, 109 wickets, seven uh, sorry, 109 runs, seven wickets, uh, is way out on top with 23 points. Um, so, yeah, great performance by him. And the cap will be on its way later today there's got to be something in the end for the headline writer there hasn't there i haven't uh, got yeah. quite yet but <laughs> has to be yeah great yeah, uh, we need some photos of these caps don't we because they're flying out right left and center yeah absolutely uh, and then that leads into the overall standings for the championship um and again i think this is going to take a couple of weeks just to work itself out because some people have only played one game uh but in the top four positions ben chapman lily from Herefordshire, uh, obviously scored a big 100, had a good first game as well. He's on 21 points. Josh Cantrell, which is a great effort to get in, uh, having only played one innings, but he obviously got 70-odd uh, and four-foot and had a good first game. Uh, and Alistair Appleby, uh, as we've said uh, already, has only played one game, but again, uh, no, he's played a couple of games, actually, sorry. so But yeah, he's managed to get up there in second place on 23, but still at the top, uh, Matt Pardo, uh, from Herefordshire on 30 points. So, yeah, nice and close. Uh, and there's lots of points to be had in these championship games. So if you put in a, a really solid match performance, uh, you can make your way up that table pretty quickly. OK. Uh, and we go again then with eight games and uh, the opportunity to uh, to score points from this Sunday. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. So uh, it's that time again then, Mr Logan. Uh, prediction time. Uh, I got some some jip at uh, at Oxfordshire this week. Um, I'm sure you did too, and uh, you certainly did it uh, down at Bishop Stortford as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was your pick this week. Um, so the 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 kind of pressure was off. Although I'm now sweating about the thought of me picking this weekend's <laughs> games. However. Uh, if we run through last weekend's, we had Norfolk and Suffolk in uh, Eastern Division 1 and Staffs and Lynx. Um, your pick was Suffolk over Norfolk. And obviously we know that, unfortunately, that game was abandoned. Um, and Staffs versus Lynx at West Bromwich Dartmouth. You did pick Staffs. So no doubt you're banging in your head against the wall yeah. that they didn't potentially oh. do the follow-on. But uh, there we go. So there's a couple of draws which basically take them off off the uh, off the board in uh, Division 2 uh, you picked Cumbria over Northumberland at Carlisle and obviously Northumberland got their first victory so that was a cross um, Hearts versus Beds uh, at Bishop Storford you picked Beds and we know that that one was a draw as well so the <laughs> Eastern region didn't fare that well however rising from the flames and yes. uh, in the Western Region Division 1, Dorset versus Wilts at Wimborne. You picked Dorset, and as we know, that's a tick. You stuck with your home county, as you would. Um, Oxford versus Cheshire, and we know that they came in. Uh, victory as well, so another tick. Devon versus Wales at Sanford. Uh, we know that that one turned out to be a draw. You'd picked Wales, but yeah, so that one's scrapped. And then Shropshire versus Herefordshire at Shifnal. 
as we know, that very exciting finish there at the end with Hereford getting a picking up the last wicket and winning by one run. So three out of four in the Western divisions, uh, Western regions. Sorry, so solid week. That's a pretty solid week. Well, I'm just going to point out that there were four games drawn, so four were wiped off. So I think that's that's, that's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid effort. So <laughs> what, what does that leave us? What does that leave um, us on the overall score? Uh, that leaves us on 14-12, so it's still neck and neck, and you, of course, get the pick this week. Okay, so mm. let's quickly run through these so people don't remember what I say. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think that's the best way of doing it. Just remember where you're going this week on your travels as well. Yeah, this is true. I might, I might, I might, use, I might use that tactic, actually. Right, I'm going to do that with this first game. So, Cams versus Lynx. Um, sorry to Chris and everybody at Lynx, but I'm going to go with Cams. Uh, Norfolk versus Staffs. Well, I'm actually going to Norfolk with Nick, who's obviously got Staffs roots. I have Staff roots myself, uh, and oh, this is a this is a tricky one. Uh, Staffs have obviously had a good start. I am going to go with I'm going to go with my heart. I'm afraid. So uh, Staffs it is. Um, being a canic lad, yeah. Um, have a safe journey home then, can't you, with uh, Mr. Archer? Yeah. <laughs> Bez versus Cumbria. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go with Cumbria. I think they're going to turn around and get find some of their one-day form. Bucks versus Hearts. Well, I am not sure whether Zamanak I've playing, but I'm going to go with Hearts because I was very impressed with him. Barks versus Dorset. Um, that's, a, that's a tough one to pick. Mm. Dorset obviously just come off a very good... The Barks are always hard to go against. I'm going to go with Dorset. I'm going to go with Dorset because I don't. Uh, yeah, I think they've. I think uh, they played very well this week. Wilts versus Oxford. Uh, I am going to go with Oxford for that one. Um, and then we've got Cornwall versus Devon. I think Devon have done great. Uh, a lot of young players coming into that team, uh, both across the, the the 50 over and the championship stuff. Uh, so I'm going to go with Devon. And Wales versus Shropshire. I think Shropshire are going to bank, bounce back from that uh, under the leadership of John Abrams and, and Grant Wag there. So I think they're going to. I think they're going to come back. So I'm going to go with Shropshire. Um, so you've actually got uh, seven away games, away wins there. I have. I've just realised that as I've looked up at my sheet. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I think it'll. Well, maybe. I'll go against the grain, I suppose. I can only, I, I can't do any worse than I've been doing. That's, that's probably the best way of looking at it. <laughs> Absolutely, nice one, great. Well, that's what like Cambridgeshire, Staffordshire, Cumbria, Hertfordshire, Dorset, Oxford, Devon, and Shropshire. Well done, sir. Come on, those teams. <laughs> okay, great stuff. Uh, what else is happening, Rich? Anything else to report? No, we've um, we've obviously got. Um, We've got this this week the championship games to go, and then the week after uh, we're back into a bit of white ball cricket with the semi-finals. Um, so everybody knows uh, the Cumbria are hosting the first semi-final uh, up at uh, Keswick. Uh, they'll be playing Cambridgeshire, and then Wales are hosting back at Port Talbot, uh, where they got the quarter-final victory against Berkshire. So they'll be taking place on the following Sunday, the eighth. So yeah, lots of we can we can look at those games in a little bit more detail and, and pick some of the players to watch out for because uh, obviously all four teams getting to the semi-finals have had some really cracking individual performances. So we'll pick out some of those players uh, and pick some ones to watch for the semi-finals. Yeah, look forward to that. 
Okay, great stuff. Well, that'll do us then, I guess. Um, you're off on your travels on Monday and Tuesday. A uh, week off for me. And uh, we'll catch up next week. We should just say, of course, Rich, if, uh, if anybody wants to send anything in, any clips, any interviews, any comments, please do. And, of course, they can follow everything on the website, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, nationalcountysca.co.uk, everything's on there. Links to the podcast. Um, if you put info at in front of the, the uh, website, then the emails will come through to me with any of your feedback, any questions, anything you want us to talk about or cover. Uh, and then we'll get uh, as we'll get a couple of other players on next week to have a chat with them about hopefully get a couple of the ones that we've selected to watch on that Sunday and we'll have a chat through them about how they're going to prepare for the game as well sounds good okay have a good week then sir perfect you too yes. good luck everyone from Northumberland to Norfolk Cumbria to Cornwall we've got National Counties Cricket covered 